What a song. What a song. One of the most beautiful things about, about a time of corporate singing like that is it just, it like, it's like taking the radio dial and before there was digital radio. You may not even know what that means. Before there was digital radio, you had to kind of tune it in. Right? And you had to kind of listen for the most clear signal. And I think singing, corporate singing like that, just does that to our spirit. Um, as a church, it just gets us on the same page while we're here. What a, what a great song. What a beautiful job, too. And do you come to church expecting anything? Right? It's like, I think that so much of what we get out of church is what we are looking to get out of church. You know, I mean, if you show up here with kind of the attitude of, all right, see if you can bless me, then we are going to fail miserably because you're a jerk. <laughs> but if you come here, I've had a lot of coffee this morning, all right? <clears throat> if you come here and you're like, man, I, I just need to hear from God I don't care if it's the singing, I don't care if it's the preaching, I don't care what it is, I just need to hear from God. And folks, I'm coming to you as your pastor, I need to hear from God this morning. I need a message, I need, I need something. And it's like, it's like I love you and I love coming here and I'm so, I'm so grateful to be a part of who we are. But I want to hear from God, and I want you to hear from God. And I, I hope you take a moment and just prepare your heart and let God know that you want to receive whatever it is that he wants to give you this morning. And don't let, don't let stuff just get in the way. You know, like maybe they didn't shake your hand the right way. Maybe we were out of equal. I mean, I don't know. You know those big things that would keep you from coming to Christ? Um, just... Just be here for the right reason and realize God has a bigger purpose in all of this. And I feel, I feel confident that you'll hear from God. Um, I just need that this morning. I really do. I just need to hear from him. And uh, I am, I'll, I'll be honest with you, this was, I put more work into this message this week than I probably have anything in the last six months. It was just... There was just so much here, and I'm just going to be completely honest with you. We may get halfway through it, and that's it. We got to go part one, part two next week. I mean, it just there's just so much here. Um, and and when we, I heard an incredible statement this week um, about the fruit of the spirit that we are studying, and that statement was that a life lived in the spirit will bear all the things that are valued by God. So this list of nine fruit that we've been studying, it's like God put it in there just to kind of let us know that these are things that are important to me in your life. These are things I think that you need to be working on, that you need to have in your life. And, and we, we broke them down into three different categories of fruit, if you will, because I, I didn't want to have a 10-week sermon, so we had one introductory week about how important it is to be walking in the Spirit and living in the Spirit. And if you read the previous verses in Galatians chapter 5, we find out that these fruit of the Spirit 
are not like a checklist for us to be working on in our lives. Like, I need to really work hard at being more patient. Or I, I really need to work hard at loving people better. Or I need to work hard about being peaceful about stuff. These fruit of the Spirit are fruit that, that happen because we are living in the Spirit or walking in the Spirit, Paul said earlier in the chapter. And so rather than focusing on each one of these things like something I've got to really work on, it's more like I can't do this without the help of the Holy Spirit. All I can do is create plastic fruit that really doesn't do any good to anybody. It looks good, but it's not genuine. So if, if we want to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, it has to be a result of the Holy Spirit living through us. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, and here's the list of nine things, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and we studied the first three on the first week, and we call these God-word graces or characteristics, and that was love, joy, and peace, and how they all had this great relationship, and they worked together. And then we studied the next three last week, and that was ones that were outward or man-word graces, like this is my interaction with each other, and that was long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness. And then this week, week are going to be the last three, if you will, if we get through it all, and that is faith, meekness, and temperance. Now, you may notice in whatever um, readings that you have read after um, that sometimes the word temperance is self-controlled, and we'll get to that in just a minute, or faith is faithfulness. And so I've spent a long time this week going through all of that and debating with some friends and spent about a half an hour on the phone with Randall going back and forth and, and because I think it's important that we know what the author is trying to say here. And this first one is, is the one I really spent the most time on, this idea of faith or faithfulness. And, and let me tell you what kind of tripped me up here. You have, you have the word faith, and this is, I don't want to get too like deep and technical here, but if you look at the Koine Greek, which was the original writings that we have for the Greek New Testament, it is the word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, and that is the word faith. And then you have elsewhere in Scripture where faithfulness is the word pistos, P-I-S-T-O-S. And you think, well, it's not that big of a difference. Well, neither is faith and faithfulness, but, you, but, but one is a result of the other. And so, so I, I don't want to get into an argument here about which is right and which is wrong because I think that they are both interdependent. I think you're not going to be faithful if you're not full of faith. And I, I don't think that if, I, I think if you're, if you're full of faith, then you're just going to be faithful. So I think that you don't have to worry about is this a noun or is this an adjective or is it, you know, I mean, it just, it is what it is. But I, I want you to know that after a lot of research, I really feel like this is faith. Like the fruit of the Spirit is faith, but certainly I would not argue that you ought to be faithful, that there, it ought to produce faithfulness. It's used in, the, it's used in Scripture, this word uh, is used in Scripture in the New Testament specifically to describe a conviction or belief in respect to God and Christ and all he can do. But it's also used to describe the quality of fidelity and faithfulness. And in this instance, as, as far as it being a fruit of the Spirit, I don't think it is an argument worth taking sides over because I think faith will result in faithfulness, and faithfulness comes from having faith. So I came up with this statement to kind of help my brain get wrapped around it all. There is a symbiotic relationship. How about that for a word? 
between faith and faithfulness. Symbiotic means they work together. They're dependent upon each other. And I think that that, to me, I was, that was an aha moment for me. When, okay, I think there's a symbiotic relationship between faith in God and the faithfulness that it produces in our lives. And we're going to get into that a little bit more here. Let me give you a couple verses that I just don't think we can get away from in the book of James. And this is the, this is the half-brother of Jesus Christ. So James, in chapter 2, verse 17, said this, Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. So he's saying, if you're going to have faith, there's going to be something that shows that you have faith. Now, there's a lot of confusion here, because I don't believe that works make you any more saved. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But I think that if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you are exercising your faith, there's going to be some evidence. There's going to be things happening in your life that are God things. A little bit further down, James says in verse 20, faith without works is dead. And then he says this in James chapter 2, verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. You get the idea? That if you have faith, you're going to be faithful. I mean, if you have faith that is meaningful and is alive, it will be exercised, and you're going to be faithful. So that's why I think there's this symbiotic relationship I jotted this down too. Faith does not exist alone. It is always accompanied by action. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that when I, when I say faith, I mean it's this vibrant, alive faith in God. I'm not talking about dogma. I'm not talking about like, you know, oh, you finally came to faith. That's not the kind of faith I'm talking about. I'm talking about, I believe God can do this. I'm willing to step out on this. I think this can support me. I think God's going to do something. That's the faith I'm talking about. And so faith does not exist alone. You can't feel that way about the God you serve without it being accompanied by some kind of action. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 Some really famous verses when it talks about the fact that you are saved by grace alone, not of works. So so a lot of people use this, right, to counterbalance the argument that James had in in James 2, that you can't have faith without works. But look what, we're going to read a little bit further. We're going to read verse 10 as well. It says this in verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works. Pretty clear, right? Lest any man should boast. So you are not saved because you did a bunch of good stuff that made God happy enough and it counterbalanced all the bad stuff that you did. And now God looks at you and says, oh, okay. You did all the makeup work and now I'll let you into heaven. No. If that was possible, then Jesus Christ never even had to die. If there was any other way to get to heaven, do you think God would have sacrificed his son? No. 
If your goodness had any chance of getting you into heaven, he never, ever would have given his son. But because we were utterly hopeless, there was nothing we could do to get to heaven, nothing we could be do, to, do to get reconnected with God. He sent his son, the way, the truth, and the life, the door, the only way to get to God is Jesus Christ his son. And my belief and faith in his sacrificial atonement for all of my sins, God took all of Eric's sins and put it on Jesus, and God took all of Jesus' righteousness and put it on me. And when I have faith and trust in that, I become a child of God. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. Unless you don't know better, I'll take it. But I'm not perfect. I still mess up every day. And I still have to jump. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a daily thing for me. Because this is a journey. This is a work in progress here. So we are saved by grace through faith, not of works. So, Eric, but you just read that if you, had, you, you don't have faith, if you don't have work. Well, let's finish reading here. The, the Bible doesn't contradict, contradict the Bible, and the Bible is the best commentary on the Bible. But, in, but if, you, if you read verse 10, we read verse 8 and 9, then verse 10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So do you see how it just kind of meshes together? So, yes, we're saved by faith. Yes, we're saved by grace. I mean, there's nothing we could do. Yeah, it's not of works, but we are created unto good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So, if we live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit and live a life of faith, the resulting behavior will be faithfulness. That's that symbiotic relationship. Faith is not just this ethereal feeling of confidence. I don't even know what it means when you say, well, brother, you got to have faith. What is that? I mean, is that like sprinkle dust? It makes it all better. So, so if, I'm, if I'm supposed to have faith, are you saying that I need to have confidence and trust in God? Well, if I have that, then there's going to be something that follows that, right? I mean, if, if you're saying, Eric, you need to have faith, and I have faith, then what good is that faith doing other than just making me feel good? Because faith produces action. So if you say, Eric, you just need to have faith. All right, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to be better and, I, and, 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 and my problems are going to go away. I have to act on that faith. And this is... Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We don't have it up here. But many of you may be familiar with a passage. That try, Paul tries to describe what faith is. In the first verse, remember what he said? He said, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What, Paul? Or whoever the author of Hebrews was, still debated. So it's like, okay, let me, let me so faith is the evidence of things not said, what? It's the substance of things hoped for. So yeah, there's something tangible to faith is what he's saying. There's, there, there, faith has tangibility. 
It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So let me, let me just give you, so, so here's, here's faith. Eric, you got to have faith in that chair. Eric, you got to have faith in that chair right there. You just, you just got to have faith. Well, I do have faith. Well, then sit in it. I don't have to exercise my faith. I believe it. So is it faith if I'm not willing to exercise it? I believe that chair could hold me up. I have faith that the four legs and that pad on top will hold up my 175-pound frame. (laughs) Or so. I told you I needed God this morning. So when, when have I exercised my faith? By just saying I have faith? So do I have faith right now? You got to have faith. You just got to have faith. Well, I have faith. I have faith. But this is when you have faith. Right there. You were holding your breath there for a minute, weren't you? So here's, here's what... My conversation with Randall resulted in yesterday, and, and I appreciated his input. And he said this. He said, he said, I have faith that if I do X, then Y will be the result. So here's this formula for faith, all right? I have faith that if I do X, then Y will be the result, so when you're going through a difficult time and, and you feel like you're being abandoned or you feel like you just can't handle this hardship or you're not sure how you're going to pay all the bills or, and someone comes up and says, well, you got to have faith, what does that even mean? How do I have faith if there's not something to it? I have faith that if I do X, then Y will be the result. I have faith that if I plant, God will bring the harvest. I have faith that if I give my tithes and offerings, God will take care of me. That is sitting on the chair, folks. I have faith that if I show up, even when I don't feel like it sometimes, that God will bless. I feel that if I have enough faith and I serve and I commit myself, that God's going to bless. So, so faith without works is dead faith. So when the Spirit is trying to produce faith in your life, Is it trust? Is it like this ethereal idea of what you think about God? Or is it like, I have faith that if I do this, then God will do this? Yes. So is it faith or is it faithfulness? Yes. Because if you have faith, 
There will be faithfulness in your life. I have to exercise the faith, then God brings a result. If I believe that God can, then I can believe that God will, but if I don't act upon the belief, there is no faith and I've not been faithful. It's not a common virtue. The wise man in the book of Proverbs said this in Proverbs 20, verse 6, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness but a faithful man who can find. Now, what's amazing to me is that this fruit is something that the Holy Spirit has to help you with because it's a fruit of him living in your life. So I don't, that's why I don't think that this is some kind of light little thing like, well, you just got to have faith. I think that this is something that we work on with the help of the Holy Spirit. I think that this is something that is a result of us walking in the Spirit and walking with the Spirit on a regular basis that produces the faith in our life to trust God, to take a chance, to put yourself out there. Those who are led by the Spirit will bear the fruit of faith in their life. So let me ask you this. When was the last time you exercised your faith in God? Let that sink in. I'll give you as much time as you need. When was the last time the Holy Spirit made you feel uncomfortable? Because you had to really trust him for something. When was the last time you stepped out of the boat because you felt God calling you to walk on the water? And what does that look like for you? When was the last time the Holy Spirit urged you to do something that made your faith grow? Wow, man, I did that and God... God did this. Wow. You believe that if you did X, then God would do Y. And you did, and he did, and now your faith has grown. And if you're walking in the Spirit, I believe that there's going to be those urges from the Holy Spirit to do those things that sometimes make you feel uncomfortable, but they are steps of faith that show you God will and God can. God will not let you down. He is faithful. I didn't put it up on the board, but 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, faithful is he that calls you who also will do it. I don't know where you need to put that verse in your life. Take your wife's lipstick and write it on the mirror. Put it on a three-by-five card and stick it in your dashboard. But faithful is he that calls you who also will do it. Faithful is he that calls you to do something who will also do it. He will not let you down. So I beg you, To grow your faith by exercising your trust in God. And when you're called 
of the Holy Spirit to step out of the boat and do something that may be out of your comfort zone or may be a stretch for you financially or may crimp your schedule a little bit or may make you actually talk to somebody. See if God doesn't pull through and grow your faith. I know this. It's hard to have faith in somebody you don't know well. Right? So you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And if you're not familiar with him as a person and you don't communicate with him, how is it that you're going to have faith when he tells you to do something? So I really feel like it's important that we get to know who he is. Or maybe you're here this morning and you have no idea what I'm talking about. Thank you for being here. What an honor that you came here for some reason this morning and you don't currently have a meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. It's hard to have faith in somebody you don't know. But there's an open invitation if you're willing to trust him and what he did for you on the cross, he will certainly save and enter in this great relationship with you. And what's amazing is that those of us who consider ourselves born-again believers would amen that, but that's as far as we've taken it. (laughs) We trust him with our Life, like we trust him to take us to heaven one day. But do we trust him with our life right here on earth? Like we're willing to trust him with our soul. Like, like, like <laughs> if I died, I feel 100% confident that my last breath here as I exhale And then a moment later, when I take my first breath, as I inhale, I'd be in heaven. And and where does that faith come from? But then I can't have faith to trust him with my finances or my time or my relationships. Come on. You trust him for salvation. Let's trust him with your life. And just as good as he was to save you, he will be just as good to lead and guide you and pull through and make it happen because faithful is he that calls you who also will do it. I'll end with this. Walking with the Holy Spirit will put our faith to the test. Embrace it. On the follow-up study questions for this week, I wanted in the small groups that use that, the, the, the community groups, I want to talk about what, what God has done in your life. Like where, what, what, what step out of the boat moments have you experienced? What does that look like for you? Where, where have you grown your faith? Where did you sense the urging of the Holy Spirit and you made a decision to take a step of faith, to sit down on the chair to where it wasn't just this ethereal, wonderful thing, I have faith, but it was like, I have faith and I'm going to prove God to be faithful. 
and I'm going to demonstrate faithfulness. Walking in the Spirit will put that faith to the test. But that's where the growth comes from. I don't, I don't know what this means for you. So we're all in different, different parts of this journey. And here's what's so exciting to me. You came here this morning and, and you're like, I, I need to hear from God this morning. And I, and I feel like I, I, need to, I need to go somewhere with all of this faith and belief and all of that. And I want to encourage you this morning that God knows exactly where he wants to take you. And God knows exactly what your next step is. And God is more excited than you are to take you there. But we like to be very comfortable. I know me, I'm a routine guy. I was having a conversation with someone this week. That's just my personality is. I don't like to change. I like everything to stay the same. I like, you know, it's just kind of who I am. Except my meals. I like my meals to change. But most of the things in my life, I just like, you know, it unsettles me. But I... I love to hear stories of God kind of unsettling us and bringing this into our life and taking you a step further than you thought you needed to go. And you, like a child, take his hand and at his urging, you take the step or you jump off the countertop into daddy's arms. And then you get braver the next time. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. And that's the fruit he wants to grow in our lives. Faith. Faith. Let's pray. Father, we are so glad that you're our daddy. And I pray that you would just help us to exercise our faith. Boy, I don't know what that means for for your children here. And I don't, I don't wish anybody to be put in an uncomfortable position, but I do wish for our faith to grow. And perhaps there's somebody here this morning that, that their next step is just to come to know you and to trust you with their life and to accept the, the gift of salvation. Wouldn't today be a great day for that? And I pray, Father, you would just be with a believer this morning. And that Holy Spirit, you are, you're pinpointing it. You're, you're pricking. You're like right on it. And you're letting us know exactly what that step is and what that uncomfortable next step is. I pray that we would just exercise our faith and, and trust the fact that if we do X, then you will do Y. And then our faith will grow in Jesus' name. Amen.